Hey guys, it's Tyler. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today where we talk faith, family, and focus in your life and your leadership. You know, juggling all of these things, it is so hard to keep track. Sometimes our heart can become so restless under the stress and the responsibility of all these facets of life. And that's why I wrote my book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. You can go to my website and get a free copy of that book, a free paperback copy of that book at tylerarobertson.com slash restless. So if you haven't done that yet, head on over to my website and do that. Grab a free copy of that book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the Navigators Podcast, the podcast that equips men and women to steer the course of biblical Christianity in our culture today. Each week, we discuss faith, family, and the cultural trends that are sure to impact the local church. Join Tyler Robertson as we study God's Word together. What's the greatest verse in all the Bible? What do you think it is? Personally, I think this is the greatest verse in all of Scripture. No doubt it's probably one of the most quoted verses in all of Scripture. It's probably one of the most preached verse verses in all of Scripture. I think that's becoming less and less now uh, with, with the familiarity growing. So many people know this verse. And yet sometimes it's the simple truths. It's the simple verses that God keeps bringing us back to. It's the simple things that God keeps refreshing our soul with. But think about this. Okay, we're at verse 16. Jesus is sitting across the table from Nicodemus, and he looks into his eyes. A Pharisee, the teacher of teachers, a man that no doubt was very knowledgeable in the scriptures. And he looks at him and says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine what Nicodemus must have been thinking? No doubt thinking, well, I've got to follow these rules and I've got to, it's all about the Old Testament law and it's all about uh, the do's and the don'ts and this rigid lifestyle. And God and Jesus looks at him, the Son of God looks at him and says, for God so loved the world. Hey, Nicodemus, God loves you. How amazing is that? God loves you. And so this verse has the power to change you. It has the power to change me. So let's take a deeper look at it. Let's take a deeper look at it. Let's break it into some bite-sized pieces. And let's take a deeper look and talk about and finish our study of Jesus, the only way. Number one, let's look at the origin of our salvation. The origin of our salvation. Look, the first two words, what does it say? For God. God. God is the originator of our salvation. You know, our salvation is not by anything else. It's not by church membership. It's not by church attendance. As one preacher says, uh, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than stepping in a garage makes you a car. Or stepping into McDonald's makes you a Happy Meal. It doesn't change you, right? That's the same with church attendance. Just because you walk into a church doesn't automatically mean that you're a Christian. I was telling some teenagers the other day at high school chapel, I was saying, just because you go to a Christian school, I am not going to wrongfully assume that everyone here is saved. I said, I can't make that assumption. So just because we go to church or we have a membership at a church doesn't mean we have access to heaven. You know, our salvation is not in our mom and dad's faith either, right? It's not in mom and dad's faith. It's not in our 
and our uncle's faith or our pastor's faith. It has to become personal to us. And you know, it's not even through salvation, is not even through repeating a prayer. Although that could be part of it, and those things help us to simplify salvation. But it's not even through reciting a prayer. Salvation is my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel. It is for God. Remember, he is the originator of our salvation. It's not by anything else. It's not by our good works. The Bible says it's in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, salvation is not by anyone. Salvation is not by your works. You cannot work yourself to get there. You cannot build a tower high enough to get to heaven. You cannot build your accolades and trophies and achievements. You cannot build those things up to a point to where God says, okay, well, you're good, outweighs your bad, so I guess I'll let you in. That's not how it works. The origin of our salvation is in God and in God alone. Not by our works, not by church membership, and not by anything else. God is the only one that can give you the gift of eternal life. So that's the origin of our salvation. But look number two. Look what it says. The offering of our Savior. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son. I love that little word so. One preacher said that's one of the biggest verse or biggest words in all the scripture. And I would have to agree with that. Right? He's, he didn't just love the world. He so loved the world. But aren't you glad that God didn't just tell you that he loves you? Aren't you glad that he told you he loves you and also he did something about it? He gave his only begotten son. That's number two, the offering of the Savior. Aren't you glad that Jesus offered his son for you? The Bible says in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God the Father. Jesus Christ came down on to this earth and died on a cross for us. He died and paid for our sins on the cross. And then here's an amazing thing. You realize that Jesus didn't just die for you, but Jesus died as you. You say, what do you mean? Jesus didn't just die for you. He died as you. He didn't just pay for your sins on the cross. He literally became sin. He literally took your place. It should have been you on the cross. It should have been me on the cross. We should be paying for our own sinful nature. And yet Jesus said, no, I'm going to make a way they can go to heaven. I'm going to become sin. I'm literally going to put sin on my shoulders. And I'm going to reach into eternity past and eternity present and future. And I'm going to take those sins and I'm going to put them on myself. That's why God had to turn his back on his son. Why? Because he could not look at sin. And for the very first time, Jesus always referred to God as his father. But for the very first time, he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God could not look at our sin. Jesus became our sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice for us. Aren't you glad he gave his only son? I have one son. I can't imagine giving my son up for you. I can't imagine giving up my son for even those that I appreciate and I respect and that I love. I can't imagine giving my son for them. I couldn't do it. But you realize God did that for you? God did that for me? 
He offered His Son as a sinless sacrifice for us to pay for our sins so that we can go to heaven, so that we can spend eternity with Him. So number one, we see the origin of our salvation, right? The originator of our salvation is God, nothing else, just God. Number two, the offering of the Savior. He offered Himself as a sinless sacrifice for us. And number three, the opportunity for the sinner. What's the opportunity that God gives us? God has made a way. He's made a way so that we do not have to suffer for our sin, but that we can spend eternity with him in heaven. And so what's the opportunity for the sinner? Well, look what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever. What does whosoever mean? That means anybody. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever. Whosoever believeth. Aren't you glad that we have a whosoever salvation? Now, there's a lot of people that want to tell you that God picks and chooses who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. I believe that God is so sovereign. He gives man a free will. He gives man a free will, and he can still work out things for his glory and for his honor. People can choose hurt for you. They can choose wrongfully for you, and yet God can still work it out. I believe that's how sovereign he is. And so I don't believe the lie that God picks and chooses. I believe God's sovereign, absolutely. But I don't believe that he picks and chooses who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. Because it's kind of funny. I've never met a Calvinist who who believes they're not part of the elect and also their family as well. And also, I've never met a Calvinist that's a very rigid soul winner. A very staunch soul winner. It's interesting. I think some people use that more of an excuse to not not bear the responsibility of Christianity, uh, and so that negates them of that responsibility. And I think it's more of a cop-out than anything else. And it's a misinterpretation of Scripture. I think there's some good people that think that. Some people a lot more intelligent than I am that think that. But nevertheless, I am glad that I serve a God. Man, I'm glad I serve a God that gives me a choice to be saved. That gives me the free gift of salvation and gives me the opportunity to be saved. The Bible says in Revelation 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and will sup with him and he with me. And that verse is talking to Christians. That verse is talking about fellowship. But I believe we can apply that to salvation. That Jesus, if you've never been saved, Jesus is at the door of your heart and saying, Let me in. Let me in. Let me cleanse you of your sin and become your Savior. So he gives us the opportunity. That's the opportunity for the sinner. But then number four, we see the order of sin. Look, uh, you didn't know how this, this much was in this verse, right? It's amazing what happens when we divide the Word of God into just bite-sized pieces. There's so much that is there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, what? Should not perish. That's the order of of sin. The order of sin. What's the order of sin? Well, it brings forth death. Sin, when it is finished, the Bible says, bringeth forth death. And that's talking about separation from God. That's the order of sin. Because I have a sinful nature, what does that mean? You have a sinful nature. Well, it's a a dog's nature to bark, right? A cat's nature to meow. No one's ever sat them and said, okay, dog, this is how you bark. All right, cat, this is how you meow. And no one's ever sat you down and said, okay, Sir, ma'am, this is how you lie. 
Or this is how you cheat. Nobody ever taught you how to do that, right? Or disobey or throw a temper tantrum. Nobody ever taught you that. Why? Because it's your nature. You automatically know how to do it. It's your sinful nature. And because I have a sinful nature, my sin in the eyes of a holy and just God has to be paid for. My sin has to be paid for somehow. And so the Bible says that my sin brings forth death. It brings forth separation from God. The Bible says that we get that sinful nature from Adam, right? Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So Adam passed down. When he sinned in the garden, he passed down that sinful nature to all of us. And the penalty must be paid for, for that sin. That's the order of our sin. And you realize, though, that the worst part about hell is not the lake of fire. The worst part about hell is not the darkness. The worst part about hell is not being there without your friends. The worst part about hell is being without hope and without God for all of eternity. That is the worst part. And that's where our sin ultimately will bring us if we do not accept Christ's free gift. And once again, it's a free gift. What do you have to do for a gift? Nothing, right? You say, well, some gifts you do. No, that would be a reward. A gift is something you don't work for. Remember, going back to number one, you can't work for this. You can't earn it. It's God's free gift of salvation. So if we just accept his free gift, then we can have eternal life. That's the order of sin, though, is perishing. It's death, separation from God. And then lastly, we have the ornament of the saint. What is that? That's everlasting life. Everlasting life. And do you realize though, that your everlasting life doesn't start the moment you go to heaven? Your everlasting life starts the moment you trust Jesus as your Savior. I think a lot of people think that being all there is to being saved is heaven. Now, that's not true. <laughs> as, one, as one preacher said, well, if that was true, then we should have guys at the altar with baseball bats. And whenever you, get, whenever you trust Christ, they just hit you over the head and just send you on to glory. <laughs> and that's a little bit of an extreme example. But yeah, I mean, that's where that logic leads you, right? The logic leads you to the point where, okay, well, if there's not anything else to salvation other than heaven, we might as well just go now. But Jesus gave you breath today. Jesus gave you life today because he gives you a purpose with the gospel. He gives you a purpose with the life that he's now put in you. And that is everlasting life. That is the ornament of the saint. It's something that we can look at and be proud of. Something we can be thankful for. That we are the sons of God. That we are God's people. We are God's church. (laughs) That is an amazing, amazing thought. You think about what makes up our everlasting life. is, of course, life, right? The fact that we have the promise of life hereafter right? Death is not the end. It literally is the beginning. It's a new chapter to the same book. It is flipping the chapter over into a new life where we will see, our eyes will behold the object of our faith. How amazing is that? We have that hope in Jesus. You realize the world is scared to death of death? They are scared to die because the world's philosophy and the world's wisdom, the world's religion brings you to where death is the end. But for the child of God, death is just the beginning. We have that through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's part of our everlasting life. 
We have purpose. I mentioned that a minute ago. God gives you purpose. He gives you direction. He directs your steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, the Bible says. So he gives you a purpose. He gives you truth. That's part of the everlasting life. Truth. We have truth. There's so much misinformation, so much falsehood out there. So many people that are trying to deceive you away from God, and yet we have Jesus, therefore we have truth. Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. He literally, in his person, is the truth. He gives us truth. Not just that, though. He gives us rest, right? He gives us rest. I'm writing a book on that right now. It's called Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. What did Jesus say in Matthew 11? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? That's part of our everlasting life. He gives us rest, not just for our bodies, but for our soul. We can be at peace with God. What man tore apart in the Garden of Eden when Adam sinned, Jesus puts back together again. He puts fellowship, makes fellowship possible again. He makes fellowship with God possible. And he gives us peace for our soul. He gives us rest for our soul. So that's the ornament of the saint. So there's, number one, the origin of salvation. That's God, nothing else. Number two, the offering of the Savior. He literally, he gave his only begotten son. We see the opportunity of the sinner or for the sinner, right? Is whosoever believeth, anybody that believeth. And then we see the order of sin. What is that? Perishing. Jesus has made a way. We don't have to suffer for our sins, right? We don't have to suffer eternity in hell for our sins, And we do not have to suffer the order of the wages of sin, which is death. We don't have to suffer that because of what Jesus did for us. And then lastly, we see the ornament of the saint or those that have trusted Christ. We see that it's everlasting life. God gives us everlasting life to enjoy with him, a relationship with Jesus Christ. If there's never been a time in your life where you've trusted him, or maybe there's a huge question mark when it comes to your eternity, you realize right now where you are, you can put your faith and trust in Him. Right now where you are, you can kneel and pray and say, Lord, save me. You realize you're a sinner. You believe that Jesus died for you. He paid for your sins. And three days later, He rose out of that grave. And you believe if you call out to Him to save your soul, He will. You realize you can do that right now. If you've never done that, I want to challenge you to do that. And if you have... If that's you, I want to encourage you. Have you given somebody else an opportunity to trust him? This week, have you given somebody else an opportunity? Have you shared this verse with somebody? I want to challenge you to do that if you haven't done that done that already this week. And I know that if you do that, I'm telling you, you're, sh- you're spreading hope. You're spreading hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, God can use you to change somebody. Thank you for listening to The Navigator's Podcast. Visit TylerARobertson.com and subscribe to our readers group for helpful articles, podcast updates, and book releases.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to read more articles, listen to more podcast episodes, or find more resources, you can go to tyleraroberson.com. tyleraroberson.com and subscribe to all of that. We would love to have you as a part of our community as we grow in our faith, family, and leadership focus. 